My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. You are awaited. Yuri. What is it? it let me what tell is you it, Travis? It it's this idea we came up with that it, we would do a Mad Max Fury Road podcast where we would watch a whole four... podcast on Fury Road. Just one episode, right? Yeah. Oh, but wait, it gets better. Okay. Every episode, we watch four minutes at a time of the movie Mad Max Fury Road, and we discuss it until rainbows come out of our eyeballs and the rains fall down on our ears with tinkling tintinabulation pleasure, and we espouse our love for the film to the interwebs. And then people uh, ang angry tweet at us. I bless the, the rains idea. down in Africa. <laughs> That's our idea for a uh, podcast. Wow, I, li I like how you gestured to your ears. You said, rainbows out of our eyes, and it was coming, but it was coming out of your ears. Yeah, that's how I saw it in my Who head. Who could possibly sustain a podcast about one movie over more than one episode? Uh, besides the Star Wars Minute guys. Besides the Star Wars Minute guys. and N Nobody. And, I think and, nobody. And the guys who, uh, the, the worst idea of all time. Well, they just watch the, the whole who, fucking movie every week. Right, every week, which is... I'm so that's, that's, happy we're not doing that. Me too. Me too. That's hardcore, though. It's, it's there's so much more hardcore. But that than we but are. that podcast is about self-flagellation and torture. Ours that's is about true. love and affection for cinematic adventures. That's a good point. They, that if you listen to that podcast, which guys we recommend it. It's fun. Yeah, I, I love it. What's up, guys? Um, I, I do think that it is not a move, not a podcast about a movie. It's a podcast about how to sustain torture over extended periods of time. <laughs> That's legitimately what that podcast it is, is. Yeah. And, and what, and, and sort of what sunlight, you know, breaks through after, yeah. after just constant after torture. After view number 40. I mean, you, you guys, guys might be looking at this podcast as torture, but at least you're inflicting it upon yourself. That's right. You could, you could, li you could listen or not listen, but we hope you do. Please, mm -hmm. please don't turn it off. Right, we love please. you. We love you. Thank you for your comments. Um, so we just watched. So we did. This is the four minutes of the second half of the film. We're officially fully into the second half of Mad Max Fury Road. We are. This is minutes sixty through sixty-four. Good one. Um, um, an hour and f to an hour and four minutes is where we we mm -hmm. get into. And, and a really interesting break in the film. Yeah. A very quiet This feels like a halfway moment. point because yeah. they have escaped. This is the first time we feel like, oh, they're off on their own. Yeah. They've got no... Yeah, you know what? The exactly at an hour into the film, exactly halfway into the movie. I'm assuming this movie is two hours long based on what you said. It is, yeah. Including credits, it is almost exactly two hours long if I recall. And I could be wrong about it. I've been wrong about so many things on this podcast. Not as much as me. To be fair. No, let's be honest here. Not okay. as much as me. All, one of the things we have discovered, though, is that Margaret Sixel and, and George Miller uh, are fucking mathematicians. Because you're right, this falls, this break point, this breathing point falls at almost exactly, yeah. perfectly, yeah. the half point. The, of the first film. time there's a break for our heroes where they're not being aggressively chased yeah. is uh, an hour in. And yeah. he gives us this fake, uh, this fake out moment where we think, okay, they've just gotten away from a Morton Joe. Um, the, 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 the crash has happened where he has mm -hmm. wrenched his car to avoid hitting his wife. He hits her anyway, mm -hmm. kills her. It's a bad she situation. She goes under the wheels. She goes under the wheels. Under the wheels. Did uh, you see she, her? She, she went, went under, under the wheels. wheels. Um, and now there's a break where there's no one really chasing them uh, that's that aggressive at this point. Um, we'll get to the one exception to that in a second. 
but they're driving off. And then he gives us this nice fake out moment, which is, and, and, and keep in mind, every moment of, of tension release in the film has been immediately preceded by someone getting shot in the head or an explosion right. or a new enemy coming up. And so what he does here, which I think is very, very clever, mm -hmm. they're off, there's a breath, there's a break, and then we hear the engine go out, pow, something burst, burst. Yeah. We start, and the, 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 the work stops. Finally, finally, after everything that it's been through, yeah. needs a needs a break. Yeah. Like we all do. It's yeah. the war rig is the audience in this case. Oh, that's good. I like that. I'm, yeah. really, I'm reaching for it. No, I'm just happy that, that you compared me to a war rig, basically. That's how I'm gonna take that. I think you should. Yeah. I'm a war you rig. It. I'm a war rig. Um but it's not a, it's what not is a, it, what is it? Uh, um you're a you're a writer in the writer on the street, war rig in the sheets. How, how does it go? <laughs> no one says that. No one says that. <laughs> that's okay. not a thing that you're saying. <laughs> they, they will now. <laughs> I like he said how's it go as if that's a common thing. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing that people say. You know that thing that people it's always say a, about from, you. It's from a ludicrous song. Um but it's not, but this is a false alarm. Uh, you know, we think that, oh, here we go again. This is the war rig burst and they're, they're chasing them. They're, they're gonna get they're gonna in another up. battle. It's not really what happens. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice false alarm breath. Right. Um, and because he's earned it by doing it for real so many times, this to me feels like a very effective storytelling beat. Because mm -hmm. when it happens, I'm like, oh shit, not again. Right. But it, it's okay. But there is an interesting then sort of double fake out mm -hmm. in that, and I'm, I'm sort of going out of order. We don't need, again, yeah. you'll need to stick to, to chronologically how these, these four minutes go. But um, there is one last motorcycle that mm -hmm. comes up on them, mm -hmm. and you get a moment where, uh, when, um, and I, I, I forgot to go back and, and uh, dial in all the, the girls' names again, and it's too late for me. Cheeto? Cheeto. Cheeto, <laughs> Cheeto I, I Tito. Cheeto. And all, you I know, all I know is it's the it's the hot chick from Gods of Egypt, the Gods right. of Egypt, Cheeto, um, who has a much larger part in Gods of Egypt. Yeah. Um, if if you could argue that that anybody has a part in besides <laughs> besides the the guy who did the CG in Gods right. of Egypt. Right, right. Um, she, well, here, this, I mean, this whole if I had to say that this four minutes was about this. Yeah. It's about um, people. It's it's the long dark, dark night of the soul for a lot of them. It's it's about people starting to question. What we're doing, yeah, yeah. The and and uh, wonder if if going back is the right thing. Wonder, you know, and that 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 applies to Nux. Mm -hmm. It applies to the the wives. Yeah, I mean Max is still. You know, I, I would say just on to, track, but yeah, Max is Max. He's relentless. And, right. Um, there is. You're right that there is one more motorcycle with two guys on it right. following them. It's not played for terror suspense. There's no real threat from these guys. Right. It never the music cutting reactions never indicate to us that it's a threat to the war rig. What it serves is... Please tell me what it serves, because my, my argument was going to be, why, why even have that moment? Yeah, well, here's what it is. It's, it's this, this... So the, the wives have seen their leader, for mm -hmm. all intents and purposes, uh, get killed. They didn't see it happen, but they know she's mm. dead, and, and this is the first loss they've suffered. They haven't thought this through. They didn't. They didn't really think that one of them was going to die. Mm -hmm. They are very, I think, very idealistic in sort of their sure. expectations about this this journey and this escape. Mm -hmm. They know that there's some some trouble coming up, but they've gotten through it, and and, and they think, okay, cool, it's going well. The youngest one um, deal, deals with the death of of the the leader of the wives very mm -hmm. very poorly, mm -hmm. and she looks behind her and. She's, or very, very honestly. Right. 
Right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. poorly in terms of um, has a little bit of a breakdown. Sure. But a very honest human reaction. Mm -hmm. And she turns around to see that there are these two guys following after. She, her idea in that moment where she has a little bit of a schism is okay. she's yeah. like, those guys will take me back. Mm -hmm. So to, to me, those guys on the bike serve as a uh, goal line for her to run to. Because it, it's mm -hmm. different if she's just running off into the desert. That makes her seem a lot more crazy. Right. She, right. She's not, she hasn't had a fucking full mm -hmm. mental breakdown. She, her goal is, this is not for me. This right. is not what I wanted. He will take me back. I need to go to those guys right there and say, take mm -hmm. me back. I know mm -hmm. that those guys on the motorcycle will take me back. And it's the last glimmer of hope as the door is closing and she sees light beneath the door and she's running to the door to, to sort of scooch underneath it right. um, before the, all the avenues are closed to her. Right. And Charlize Theron... Says no. Basically says, I'm closing the door. Yeah, yeah, she closes the door for her. She puts a bullet between both their fucking heads. Yeah, yeah. One shot. Which, yeah, once again shows what an extreme badass she is and how powerful that, uh, that particular gun is. That, so good. That that bullet would travel through. That's the same one that we see later with three bullets left in it or something? Correct. Okay, yeah. Correct. Spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. You're not spoiling anything. Yeah, it's good. It's a beautiful moment though, right? I mean, it's, it is, yeah. it, to me, it's a, such a necessary moment to show, um, much to the chagrin of, I think, some of our guests, that there are individual personalities to these wives, and I mm -hmm. think that there are um, a sense uh, of... The young one was convinced, because she said... Um, what was the line? But she she refers to the older one saying. Um, she she told us it would be okay, or she told us that, or you know there right. was there you, you got the I got the, I forget the line, but yeah. I got the sense that yeah. the youngest one was convinced by the oldest one, who's now dead, or the right the, the right favorite boy. Right, and so now there's doubt. Right. Plus, she starts to think of all the good things. You know, mm -hmm. she you know when you're even in, when you're in captivity and horrible things are being done to you, you can find. I mean, you have to find good things about. It. And now and now you know faced with death. Which is what she's just seen, because mm -hmm. uh, splendid. And she's—I I, want to say she's the first person to call out the the rest of her name. I think at the end, as they drag her away, she says "Angarad," right, right. Um, which I've never heard before, you know. But now that we're paying attention, you know, mm -hmm. little by little. Um, but she—that she's faced with death. She starts to s say things, but you know, but there was good. You know, he gave us the high line. I think is you know, or you know put us up, you know, on a pedestal or, you know, we were living the high life or, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that applies to. Mm -hmm. She's like, remember, it was, wasn't it good? Like, she's trying to, yeah. she's trying to remember something good about it because uh, she's, you know, at this point faced with death. Yeah, it's a little and, Stockholm and syndrome needs, a little yeah, bit. You know, yeah. there's a sense of, he, he was a terrible person, but he did care for us and, and take care of us. Right, and it takes the rest of them to remind her. Yeah. Um, or to, you know, to, to, to save her from herself in that. Mm -hmm. In that instance, yeah, it, it, it is interesting because it gives a little bit of—I mean, it's a character beat for sure—but it gives a little bit of interesting backstory to how this must have happened. Because I really get the sense here that the young one um, was just kind of along Cheeto. for the ride. Cheeto, <laughs> Cheeto. I—I'm gonna here's what here's what I'm gonna do. I think it might actually be Cheeto. I think it's I think it's C H E E D O. Now that I remember. Oh, you motherfucker! This is all a prank that you knew it the whole time. Didn't no, you? it just it just I just. It just flashed on the credit. I may be totally wrong. No, you're probably. I'm sure they'll right. they'll tweet at me. Cheeto, I can't. Mm. <laughs> right. I, I know it's it's too because you're thinking of Chester Chester Cheeto. I'm thinking Chester. of just eating delicious. Just eating delicious Cheetos. Red uh, the fire the fire Cheetos, my yeah. favorite kind. Okay. Red hot Cheetos are really delicious. Um, you disagree? I, no, I'm 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 just trying to think of uh, how I can score you some before the next podcast. Okay, good. 
You're but good. now it's not going to be a surprise. You're a good I friend. Ruined it. Ruined it. You're a good friend. We'll cut that part out. Okay. Um, so he. So the idea that there was a there was a scene that we never saw leading up to this in the sort of prequel area, that all the wives are talking about it. Cheeto's not. I can't even do it. Cheeto's not very. You can into say the young it. one again. You've been saying the young one. Yeah, because I didn't want to say Cheeto. You can go back to the young one. Now I'm, I'm digging into it in case you're wrong. It'll be funnier. But when you say the young one, I think of the young ones. Yeah. So we'll call him Cheeto. Okay. So, Cheeto is, in my mind, based on what she said here and the way she referred to Splendid, it feels like there was a scene where they sat around planning this escape, talking mm -hmm. about what they're going to do, what was the plan, why are they escaping. And I feel like Cheeto was never fully on board. She was not going to stay by herself sure. and face sure. the wrath of a Morton Joe if all the other ones leave. She was into it. She's not, she doesn't like her life. She doesn't like her captivity. But it feels like she was convinced by the older ones that this is the thing we must do. And being younger, possibly newer to the situation, possibly mm -hmm. less a victim of the cruelty of a Morton Joe than mm -hmm. maybe the other ones. Maybe she gets off easier because she's younger. Uh, probably not. But maybe she's had to deal with it as long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But she. Fe it feels to me like she wasn't as fully on board with this from the from the get go. Mm -hmm. The way she refers to the initial scenes. Mm -hmm. And then obviously here she tries to get away. Shelley's throwing puts a bullet through the two guys in mm -hmm. a just beautiful little sequence. Yeah. Uh, and she stops. Mm -hmm. And 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 the redheaded friend whose name is Snickers, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, lace potato chips. I, I don't uh, I don't remember the the redhead's name. All right, we'll um, call her Flaming Hot. Goggles. And we have Cheetos. She's got goggles. What we call her goggles? goggles. That it feels Flaming Hot though, because like like those. That's what I was thinking. That's yeah. Flaming okay. Hot and Cheetos. Okay. This has gone off the wow. rails. Wow. Wow. So anyway, <laughs> so she comes in and grabs her basically and comforts her and says, "Listen, you can't mm. go back." And I think back. the dag is the one holding her back too, which is interesting because right. the dag's the, you know sort of the crazy one. The schlanger. The schlanger. 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 Yeah, she comes off. She's very uh, cogent here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, comes and gets her in, voice in, of reason for once. Yeah, she's a lovely. What is her name again? The dag. The dag. Right. Oh, I like that. I like any name with a. Uh, is it a participle in front of it? Is that what the, you call it? Uh, a, a, right, yeah, the, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're the Yuri, and I'm the Travis. And you're the Travis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Um, Anyway, so pulls her back to the to the, the rig, and to me that this whole little sequence of one of the wives trying to abandon this this escape is such a necessary moment, and it shows yeah. the schism between the wives and how they interacting and what their mm -hmm. lead up into this because the dag has no doubt, right in her mind. Oh, the dag would sooner die. Yeah, yeah. she's she's in it. She's yeah. in it. Uh, but to see that there is a wife who is not fully on board with this, mm -hmm. I think it's really great. Agreed. Great. Agreed. So, um, so this is this is we've we've uh, we said the you know the, the sort of the quietest sequence. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Max speaks the most, mm -hmm. uh, the the longest sentence, the most words he has spoken, uh, possibly yet if if you don't count a voiceover to Furiosa. Okay. You know, he starts asking I'm about the screenplay. I'm gonna do the line. Okay, do it. Do it. Uh, so, uh, where's the screenplay? That was that was pretty good. That was good, right? Yeah. Do you yeah, buy it? That was good. I totally buy it. Was it bad that I was Here. smiling throughout the whole thing? Oh, I'm going to close my eyes. I need okay. to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I'm not going to okay. look at you when you... So, uh, where's the screenplays? Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's not bad. Guys, that was a professional voiceover artist telling me it wasn't bad. And there I will go. take that right there to you the go. bank. Um, and she says, well, it's a long day, long drive... She uses some long nights. Yeah, uh, a weird. What is she? Yeah, what a is she? It's a, a word straight, she uses. Uh, that's really good. That's that's very idiosyncratic to this world. Um, a long night's ride through the. Uh, 
It's something uh, more. It. It's something more. It's weirder than that. In any case, it's it's specific. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's a long night's whatever journey. Yeah. Uh, a long day's journey tonight across the uh, across the way. Yeah. And he's kind of like. Mm. Also, we see here just a little bit of business, um, just to keep up with the plot of the yeah. film. Yeah. We see her strapping the uh, the wrench onto the steering wheel so they can still continue to steer. Right. And we see that Max then wrapping his hand from when it right, got from pinned. from when it got pinned to the, right, um, when, the, when, the, when the steering wheel came off. The, they harpooned the steering wheel, pulled mm -hmm. it up, smashed his the hand. The door is still, off, good continuity all throughout. The door um, that uh, gets ripped off when, when Splendid gets ripped off mm -hmm. um, is still gone. Mm -hmm. um, so they're riding with a big hole in the, in the rig. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of got, they're, they're, they're licking their wounds after this pretty mm -hmm. dramatic thing. They don't seem uh, frightened. A lot of this movie, I mm -hmm. realize too, we take our cues from the talent. Like we know how to feel based on how they're feeling. Like, mm -hmm. like are we scared? I don't know. And they're like, no, no, right. no we're pretty cool. Don't worry about it. Right. And the fact that Charlie's Throne never seems scared of the guys on the motorcycle lets mm -hmm. us as an audience know that it's not a beat of actual um, chase. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a, Beat used to support an emotional turn. Right. But lest we forget in this moment, lest, lest we think that they've finally made it out, um, there's this cut back to the Karmada, this beautiful shot of the Karmada advancing on them, showing that they have made it through the pass. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't know what's happened to... Well, no, yeah. No, we, saw, we saw Morton Joe is still alive, yeah. uh, based on the... Um, but, but now we see, oh, shit, they didn't get caught in the pass. They're... They're coming after them again. So you guys have your moment, mm -hmm. but just remember this is still happening. Yeah, yeah, it's very well, well done. And he does these beautiful things where he couches a terrifying beat in the moment, in moments of the most sublime beauty. Mm -hmm. That shot is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like, but when it came on the screen, both Yuri and I were like, oh, <laughs> no. Oh, my. Like, it's so gorgeous. And then it cuts from that one to this beauty shot of the war rig traveling through the desert yeah, uh, at sunrise. sunset. Sun, sunset, yeah. right? If I could have one uh, still frame from that movie, it might be that the, the war party approaching the camera right there. There's a couple that's, shots that's I really think are That's very much beautiful. like the poster you gave me. Oh, it kind of is. Look at that. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, it's beautiful. It really is a beautiful image. It's, it's either that one or the war rig going into the dust storm from a mm -hmm. wide angle. Like, that's that's an image that just, stays with just me. Just to show you that I've been paying attention, um, you're, you're uh, contradicting uh, the the first time you said that, which was if you could have any still image, it would be him at the very beginning yeah. standing, waiting for that lizard. It's true, but also... You can have as many posters as you want. You're a grown-up. <laughs> no, but... I mean, I mean, arguably, neither of us are grown-ups yeah. because we're in here talking about... I, I would also Mad say that... I'll probably say that again as the movie goes on, but as the movie develops, and I get to look, look deeper at the images of the film. In I'm the like, same way this as... This is the one. In the same way as... No, I, I say, I say, you know, oh, my favorite film is this. Yeah. You can't trust me when I say that. <laughs> my favorite image is the one I've seen it's, most recently. Yeah, my favorite... Yeah, it's my favorite in this moment. Right. It is beautiful, though. It really is. So people... Every, every still... You know, we've talked about that. You could freeze frame on, on any moment. Listeners, I do advise you, though, about, a mi about an hour and three minutes into this think, film... Do you really think anyone's listening still? Yeah. All well, right. enough okay. angry people to, to okay. troll on me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and Ian is... Ian, what's up, Ian's man? listening, right? No, Ian's, Ian's there. He's a stalwart he friend. He is a stalwart. Um... Yeah, it, it, but about an hour or three minutes in, it, just take a look at it if you have a DVD. It's really, really stunning. And the composition, and it's a perfect mix, I would say, of 
real elements and co- kind of Compton clouds and sky mm-hmm. stuff that, that just is so effective. I cannot wait to see the monochrome version, the black and white version of this. Yeah. To see what a different film, to, just to find a different kind of beauty in it. Yeah. And the idea, that, but the, even, the, even the fucking combination. God, hurry up, George Miller, hurry up. Just do it, George. But the, the, the part. Did you say Jew it? Jew, no, I said, don't I'm do gonna, this to me. Do it, George. <laughs> do, do, do it. Do, do it. Do it. But the war party is coming right to camera and this perfect flying V. So it's so, super mighty ducks. Mm-hmm. And then above them, the clouds are moving, also rolling almost at the same speed as the party. It just feels like this, like everything is up coming towards you. Yeah, because the well, the camera's pushing in as oh. they're coming towards. And then, of course, uh, uh, Tom Holkenborg hits us with a boom, you know, like a... Yeah, yeah, It's You know what it is? It's the Inception chord, yeah. but done correctly. <laughs> right. But done in a way that's not annoying and super <laughs> shitty. Does someone want to yell at me about Inception, too? Let's get into I'll it. I'll yell at you about that. That still always gets me, that Inception chord, it, even in Inception. No, it's very clever. It was new at the time in a certain way. It's done very effectively. But also, kind of fucked that movie. Okay. Okay. Oh. But the kind of fuck it. <laughs> kind kind of fuck it because there's 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 good to be found in this that movie. Second. The only thing that can, that annoyed me about it. This is uh, here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> Stay tuned for a separate episode where where Travis <laughs> trashes Inception. Wait, I can get into it more, but I just want to say that that movie is not super complicated, and people lost their mind as if it was a complex yeah. film. No, that's all about it's that. It's just a simple premise that is executed to its inevitably logical conclusion. Yep. And people were like, it was, I don't even know if I understood it. Right. What the fuck are you talking about? Yep. Anyway. Also, uh, back to the music for Inception, because <laughs> this has suddenly become a podcast Bow. about... Um, if, if ever you are feeling like you need a cup of coffee and you can't reach a cup of coffee, but you can reach the Inception soundtrack, um, the track Mombasa is the one... If I was running from zombies, I would want that playing in my head. A couple things about what you just said. If you ever find yourself unable to reach coffee but able to reach the Inception soundtrack, sort your life out because you've, <laughs> you've really made some poor decisions, and I really think you've you've, you've prioritized things poorly. the wrong things. Also, if you have a choice between coffee and the Inception soundtrack whilst running from zombies, fucking take the coffee, you idiots. All right. <laughs> um, also, uh, the Inception app uh, oh. when it came out uh, early, early on in apps. Was a great app. Wait, what is that? I don't is wanna, that just a top even, that spins? Is that the whole? It's you know what? It would take far too much time away from um, this podcast to discuss the the intricacies and awesomeness of the Inception app. Okay, um, maybe so, on another maybe on another episode. There's two there's two main sequences in this four mm-hmm. minutes. There are uh, inter, with interstitials and, and mm-hmm. some business that they're doing. There is the Cheeto Run. We'll call right. it. Okay. The Cheeto runs back. Which is, uh, which is the sequel to Cannonball Run. Actually, the sequel to Cannonball Run is Cannonball Run 2. But yes. This will be che- Cheeto Run 2. Cheeto Run 2. Um, and this nice little uh, beat of dissension, confusion, regret, possibly, for, mm-hmm. for what they've done, fear. Um, mm-hmm. the, the first in, uh, implication that, that this is not going the way she was promised, mm-hmm. it's not going the way she uh, thought it would go, and it's also not going, it's not something she wanted to do possibly in the first place, but she was convinced to do. Um, then we have a little bit of business, uh, which we didn't talk about, which is Shelley's throne saying, we got to inventory what we have, right. match, the, match the bullets with the guns, yeah. so we this know is, how many shots we have. Yeah, tactically, they have to, in this moment of break, they can't just sort of hang out. They have to be prepared for the next assault, Yeah, it's basically. Coming. And it's fixing the war rig, mm-hmm. and it's making sure we've got bullets, mm-hmm. or, you know, taking, yeah, taking inventory. What do we have? No one, no one uh, interestingly enough, because I misremembered this, no one jumps to do it. In my, in my memory, 
uh, Zoe Kravitz, whose name is because she does comp comp competent, capable, okay, competent. <laughs> uh, she does. It's my wife. Competent. Did, she, did she do that earlier, or does she do it later? She's doing it now. She, well, I know she does it now, but doesn't she? Doesn't she show disgust when uh, when the, the the rifle gets thrown to somebody and she's like, I don't know how to reload it. And she's like, Ah, oh, fucking give me that thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we covered that or not. I, I, I seem to think we've discussed it. Yeah, maybe. So maybe that was. No, earlier. we have. It's, it's okay. already happened in, okay. in our podcast. Um, um, but but yeah, but you're right. She she you know puts that toothpick in her mouth like a like a badass and um, and sets to work. Can I say something? I hate that choice. I know. That's why have I brought we, it up. Have we talked about it before? Well, you just knew no, I would no, hate we it. haven't. Yeah, I knew. I knew because you have expressed some, some, uh, some regrets, some doubts, some, uh, some uh, 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 criticism for uh, for Zoe Kravitz. I thought I would bring it up. Yes, yeah. because it seems. Uh, it's you know what an it is? obvious choice. It seems actory. Yeah, it, and nothing in this movie really feels actory. It all feels pretty gritty and real. Um, and that that's like playing out a thing, which I don't like. Do you mm. think it's a good choice? Nope. Okay. Good. I do not. Good, Yuri. High five. We agree on something. We agree on something that's a negative about the film, which I would mm. venture to say never happens. Never happens. Yeah. But it's so small. <laughs> yeah. She's chewing a toothpick. What do you think? She's chewing a toothpick. I didn't like that choice. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it At is a dumb At least she choice. made a choice. Wow. I would have preferred she not make a choice in that moment. Because this movie, if you're just show up, it's going to project some things onto you and it's going to be effective. If you're, right. if you're yomping on a, che uh, on a mm -hmm. toothpick, anyway. So she's right. chewing on a toothpick and playing with some guns and right. going through the so bag of tools. Go going back to um, when Max you know, says, so, so where's this green place? So why do you... Th where's why this, do you uh, where's where's this, green, this, uh, this uh, green place? Oh, that's good. You like that? Yeah. That's, um, why do you think he asks? I mean, do you think it's because he's like, how far do you think we? How far are we going to have to go? Is is this a safe place? Do you actually know where we're going? Is it real? Is he probing for? I think all those things. I think yeah. you nailed it. And I also think underneath. Why have I never heard of this? Green that's place. the other yeah. thing I was going to say. Is that this guy has been around the goddamn desert? He knows his for way around. Four movies. Yeah, he's uh, he well through three. Because the first one, he's not really in the desert. That's uh, he's the, on a lot Australia of is the desert. Yeah, but he's in. A, well, now you're just sort of backtracking. Okay. I just feel like it's a lot of roads. Okay. He gets, there's a town, there's a, there's a house, there's a policeman. Train station. There's a lot of stuff happening in the first one. Um, but the point is, he knows this, this realm. He knows what's up. So I think it's all those things, including uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Uh, but then she gives a very specific answer. Yeah. Which I think is the only mm -hmm. thing that would shut him down. She's like, it's, I've, I know what I'm talking about. It's this far away. We can away. get there tonight. Yeah. So Don't worry. We'll, yeah. And so he's like, okay, all right. Right, I guess that's, that's I guess where this we're is at. my best. Yeah, this is my best shot. Yeah, but I guarantee you, as he's driving, he is turning things over in his head. Yeah. What can I do? What are my options? I don't. I'm not beholden to these women. I need to make sure I'm surviving. And, and every mm. moment, he's like, "This is still the best option for me." Right. This is still the best thing that's going to happen. Um, right. So that happens. The the gun situation starts to happen, and Charlize Theron says, uh, "You know, I'm going to have to go fix the uh, war rig. Mm. Um, it's spewing." Right. Insert car term no. here. Sure. That I'm unaware of. Right. Um, and uh, the redhead one says, I'm going to go out to the back, keep watch. Yeah. For who's coming behind us, whatever. Right. And it's a very interesting moment because Charlie Throne's like, no, don't do it. Right. And she goes, I can handle it. Yeah. And Charlie Throne doesn't put up any other fight. That's right. just the way it is. Right. The first, the first fight from her is, I, I, you know, and her, for her first priority, I need to protect you. Mm -hmm. And I can't protect you if you're not all here, you know, in the. Stay together. That's right. She says, stay together. Just stay, right. yeah, stay together. 
um, I'm the mom and I need you to, you know, if I've got to go out and do this thing, I need to know you're back at home yeah. safe. Yeah. Like little ducklings. Yeah. Uh, great. And, I mean, it's great. And she shows, she's like, no, I don't need to be protected even by you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go, look, I'm, I'm just going to go keep lookout. I can do this. She, I think she says that. She says, I can do this. Yeah, she does say that. It's very, very strong. And she climbs out the fucking side of the truck yeah. like a badass. Like a boss. Like a, like a, yeah. like a fucking boss. No, it definitely shows her... Um, uh, independence and her sort of will and, and, and talent and lack of fear of what's behind them. Right. Um, but also I love the way that that argument happens. It is very matter of fact. I'm going mm -hmm. to voice my dissension to what you've just mm -hmm. said. You then counter me. That's the end of it. We're moving on. Mm -hmm. She just, Charlie Stone's like, that's the way it is. I'm not happy with it, but I know it's not worth me engaging in a further fight about it because you've clearly made up your mind. Right. So... Uh, I, I think that 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 type of communication and dialogue, it's very, it's very perfunctory. It, it's it's very uh, efficacious. Simple, but, direct. Yeah, but it is also super charactery. It's mm -hmm. just there's a shorthand these these ladies have developed whilst planning their escape, mm -hmm. and lines like exchanges like these make me feel the the weight of their relationship and make me yeah. feel the history that's mm -hmm. behind it. And I think it's very good. Love it. Except for Zoe Kravitz, who's chewing on a toothpick <laughs> like a weirdo in the back. And, and I love how George Miller, you know, just when you think that uh, he's shown you the most badass thing, then he ups the stakes. But, you know, Charlize is like, I got to go back and fix some stuff on the war rig. And I expect her you to know, climb out the top and, you know, be yeah. tinkering on the top. She's literally, they're like, we don't have time to stop. I'm just going to hang underneath the truck while it's moving and repair shit. With my head while right we're next driving. to the fucking wheel. Yeah. Like if she falls off, she's under the wheel. She's right, in dead. In case you forgot what a badass I am, yeah. let me remind you. In this you. four minute segment, she, at maybe 300 yards, <laughs> right. knocks two guys off a bike with one bullet. I know, giant scope on the rifle, but still. But also without hesitating, just yeah. knocks it out. It doesn't seem nervous. Also, guess what? One arm. One arm, the one arm shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then two minutes later in the sequence, she's hanging underneath a quickly moving war rig where, and she's repairing shit with, again, one arm. Right. And if she falls off that, she's dead. It's just, right. just a badass. And I told you in the, when we watched this four minute sequence, I, uh, I didn't remember that shot for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It's, cause it's, it's, the, it's the quiet moments. Yeah, we we always uh, we sort of remember it's the the, the exciting stuff. It's the offbeats. Yeah, that was an offbeat. I didn't remember, but I mean, super great badassery right. happening there. Right, it's, um, it's quiet. Yeah, and then all that leads into the second main sequence mm -hmm. of this four minutes, which is uh, goggles back in the um, in flaming hot Cheeto, flaming hot Cheeto in the but but she's not Cheeto. See, now we're gonna get confused with the actual Cheeto. Um, let's go to goggles. Let's go with goggles because she actually she goes back with a look at. She grabs the binoculars. Mm -hmm. Um, another good kind of thing. She's, you know, on the, on her way out, she goes back, she's looking and all of a sudden she notices the fucking Nux, Nux. Nux. And we love Nux. Good old Nux. He, he had Still that, with his chrome face paint. Still with his chrome, oh, his, his sad chrome face paint on his, his scarred lips. Oh, buddy. Um, can we talk about how, you know, I mean, it's, it, we've seen it before, but uh, it's, it's very, it's very pronounced in this one because yeah. I mean, she reaches out and, and caresses touches, them, touches yeah. them. Um, Scarred, like ritual scarring, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I was thinking about that too. It's not it's, just chapped lips from being in the desert. No, it's too, I don't think so. It's too regular. It's too, it's too, it's, too, it's too precise. Yeah. Ordered, yeah. Yeah, it's gr super gross. 
That's <laughs> what I want to say. Even grosser than Larry and Barry? Barry and Larry? Barry and Larry don't bother me as much as the lips do. Because they have faces on them and they're they cute. Have, they're not really cute. He's they're anthropomorphized super gross. His, uh, his tumors. Yeah. I had an ex-girlfriend with one of those. I can't wait to see where this is going. Uh, uh, with, <laughs> with what? A scar ritual scarification? Or no, 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 no. Uh, a she tumor. had a, It looked like a tumor in the same place. Uh-huh. Exact same place on her like body. Like a goiter? I didn't know what it was. Okay. Um, and, and I was like, you should get that looked at or something. She's, but that's hard to say when you're... Well, she sorry, to, go ahead. No, she went to the doctor. And the doctor was like, it's fine. And she was convinced it had like teeth and hair in it, that there was like some sort of like baby growing on her shoulder or something. Wow. Um, and... Uh, How to get ahead in advertising. Yeah, right. R Richard E. Grant. Uh -huh. uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, see it. She uh, was uh, pretty convinced. And I thought that was funny. And then after we broke up, uh, like, uh, I think a year or two later, we talked. She's like, oh, I had, I forget if she had named, she had a name for it, too. It was a thing wow. she had named. Taylor, Taylor Jr.? It was something like that. Like, it was her name, like, Jr. or something. Right. And, uh, and she uh, had, it, had, had it removed. And she goes, yeah, I saved it and I put it in a jar. It wasn't teeth or hair. I mean, weird. It was just this, like, But I had to keep it anyway. Lump, yeah. Like but it was, she had it formed like an a... attachment to it. No pun intended. It was, like, a thing that she was, like, had, she had named. I'm always amazed at... Um, and, and I'll let this be an opening to conversation that if I have one of those things, tell me. Um, because I often will be in public and I'll see somebody with like a mole on their face that has a hair, right. that has a thing of hair that's it's like, three feet long. it's like three feet long. And I'm like, how do you not, no. or you just, you just she become knows. so accustomed they know. to it. They know. Here's my that, question. Or a thing. And I understand that some people just, they're just, they don't care. Or they're like, oh, it's going to be more trouble to get it removed than to, but, but it, it literally Seems like they've gotten so used to it Snip that the they hair. don't even Snip, just cut the hair. Yeah, just trim, just trim that off, or just cut it with scissors. Just, just get. Hair. And that's and I know that's that's shitty on my part to to you know assume that I know better about somebody else's thing than 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 they do. But I have the same but thoughts. But do I have honest. one of those things that I'm just not? Can and I've gotten I, so used to it. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. All right, this is real talk. Uh, do you think you wouldn't know? Do you bathe yourself? Is what I'm asking. Yeah. Okay, so you would know if you had something like that, right? Are there parts of your body you I don't guess. bathe? I would like to believe that I do, but then I see somebody like that, and I'm like, it seems like they don't even know. Yeah, they know. Of course they know. They just embrace it. They're like leaning okay. into it. It's it's that Sheryl Sandberg. That's Sandberg's. badass. Lean in. Lean into the problem. Okay. I didn't read the book. I don't know what that book's I, about. I didn't either, but, but leaning, in, leaning into things is just, it sounds good. Yeah. No, but I think that what the people... Lean into your growth. I think the people with the long hairs coming out of moles, they've just said, you know what? That's my thing. thing. I'm doing. I'm doing a thing. All right. Um, he. So so now we're in by the back of the war again. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's jump around this a little bit. And at the end, let's sort of try to figure out, like, wrap up, do a whole holistic thing. But um, we learned a couple things about about Nux here. One one of which is how sick he is and in what way he's sick. Sure. <clears throat> he says, even Larry and Barry have stopped chewing on my windpipe, which means mm. these tumors are encroaching. The cancer is so far down in his shoulder mm -hmm. and that chest. He can, that he has trouble breathing. Sometimes. He can feel it against his lungs, which yeah. is a very viscerally beautiful line mm -hmm. because it does two things at once. It's kind of cute, mm -hmm. and it shows how childlike he is about medicine mm -hmm. and about science or whatever. But also, it is if you think about it for half a second, that is a brutal line. Yeah. Bru Chewing and it, on and my it shows windpipe. how beautiful the moment was for him that he lost, that... That it, you know, in the moment that he thought, I mean, you know, he said I should be, you know, feasting with, you know, heroes of the mm -hmm. whatever, um, uh, you know, that it was it was so good for him that he forgot about his cancer. He forgot yeah. about, you know, you know, all his radiation poisoning, whatever it was. Yeah. For a moment. 
And, and now said, it's and now it's gone. Now this yeah this is back. It's well, the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. He, he says uh, it's it's if if they don't get me the night fever as well. Right. So this idea that this poor kid can't sleep. He's got shivering fevers at night. He's got cancer running through his body. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we start to get a little more why why this is so important to him. Mm-hmm. You know, threats of death or or impending uh, death tends to you know you have those those bedside. Uh, Conversions to Christianity, you hear a lot about right. those. Uh, you know that, that he's he's constantly on the verge of death, mm-hmm. and so this great religiosity that he shows um, is is uh, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts us off by saying, with his tiny fucking chromed face, saying, right. "I three times I was mm-hmm. awaited, basically yeah. three yeah. times." Yeah, three times the gates opened to me. Oh, yeah. And he's he's by the way, listeners, in the fetal position during this pretty much. Yeah. He's laying on the, um, do you want to make sure you're... My wife is okay. still alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, just listen for screams. Okay. Um, you're a very doting, attentive husband. So, I should, so I should say that now. <laughs> listen for screams. Um, yeah. But so he's, he's curled mm-hmm. up, kind of uh, tucked mm-hmm. beneath a little thing in the back of the war rig, mm-hmm. just hiding. Doesn't know where to go. Doesn't know right. what to do. Right. He, he's, he's missed his three opportunities to, to be mm-hmm. granted entry into Valhalla. His... Prophet slash God, I never know what to call him, but it seems right. like a hybrid of those things. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd call. I, I think they look at more on him as a as a God than than a prophet. Okay, call him a God. His his God saw his own blood bag driving the war rig that killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. He yeah. saw him fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is while uh, in previous episodes we've talked about this is the highlight of Nux's life. Right, probably the low point here. And yeah. all in the matter of about an hour low and a point half. For, low point for everyone, the, the dark night of the soul for, for yeah. a lot of them, you know, for Cheeto, for, uh, sorry, I can't, <laughs> now I can't say it without, um, you and know. You say it so because, earnestly, you say um, Cheeto. Yeah. Like with the, 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 the You know, you know a, a lot of times in, a, in an action-y movie like this, de- uh, you know, death is not given importance. Mm-hmm. And granted, a lot of people die in this movie and you're like, ah, you, don't, you don't care, that was awesome, or whatever. Um, but when Splendid dies, it affects a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It affects Immortan Joe. Mm-hmm. It affects uh, Nux by, you know, that. It affects the wives mm-hmm. by that loss. Um, there, there are huge repercussions, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting in a film like this. Yeah, it's Especially true. to someone who you've not really been given a lot of backstory on. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't, they, there, there hasn't been a lot done to really make you like this character, and you, but you see the, the effects that... Uh, um, the the ripples. Yeah, and, and and you get a little insight, a more insight into Nux, who I think is a very well-rounded, very developed character in this film. He says, "I I thought I was being saved for a great death." Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way he has reconciled in his head that first moment of spraying his face with chrome, where the flare goes off in the car and it's full of fuel. Yeah, remember that about fifteen weeks ago. Yeah, right. Uh, that was his first attempt at death, where he fails, and. We weren't granted access to this via dialogue, but we right. now know the way he's thought, thinking about his head is he thought, he rationalized it by saying, I failed here so I could do something great. I have been saved by right. fate or God or whatever right. in order to have a great death. This was my chance. This was the great death I was supposed to have. Right. Now, as we know, having seen the movie, he has been saved for a great death. He has yeah. the perfect death coming up. Right. Um, and so it's a beautiful little foreshadowing line. It's a beautiful little character moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, to me, it's one of those perfect lines. Yeah. Because it does so much work. It tells you where he's been, tells you where he is, and tells you where he's going. 
all right. in one line. Right. That's good. No, agreed. Agreed. Really? George Miller. Good. And and a careful line because now um, that now that you you know we've got this. You mentioned you know deathbed uh, uh, conversions. conversion. Mm. You have to be careful that we you know we don't steal away from the power of Nux's conversion that happens throughout the film by letting it feel like oh it's a it's a frivolous thing because he's afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a gradual thing that happens over the course of the film mm -hmm. um, and the, the new people that he's introduced to and the new ideas that he's introduced yeah, to. Yeah, he segues from religiosity <clears throat> to humanity, to, to secular humanism. It's yeah. people matter more than ideas. Right. Uh, which is just a gorgeous shift. Sacrifice for something wholly different than he's willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice for, in essence, personal gain um, than, you know, than sacrifice for... For the group, other people, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the sacrifice right. for, for other it's people. It's the move from internal reward to um, right. to to supporting other people around you. Right. Side note, quickly. Yeah. Um, there's this book that came out recently. Um, this guy who knew Chris Hitchens before he died, who was a Who's pastor. Chris Hitchens? Christopher Hitchens was a scruffy polemic from the UK who was probably the best speaker and thinker I think we've had in the last twenty years. Okay. I mean, it, it, listeners, please YouTube any Christopher Hitchens speech and watch it, and just revel in his masterful language and logical takedowns of his opponents. Um, and then and then go do some Tim Minchin as well. Oh, right? God, yeah. The, well, Tim Minchin and, and Chris Hitchens are very much in the same school of thought. Great. One approaches it comedically, one approaches it from a yep. uh, uh, academic background. But they're both in the same uh, the, mm -hmm. theistic camp, we'll call them. And Minchin and Hitchens sort of sound. Tim Minchins. <laughs> uh, I saw Tim Minchin recently, not recently, last year at the, um, uh, not the Wiltern, but around there. He <sighs> did a good. show, his first show back after like four years. Ugh. I was there, and he fucked up some songs, and he was so mad at himself, and it was so cute. All it is to say, a book just came out. Christopher Hitchens is one of the most famous atheists, um, along with Dawkins and uh, Dennett and Sam Harris. Uh, this guy wrote a very shitty book, basically accusing Hitchens of having a deathbed conversion. Um, no evidence to support it. It's been sort of roundly trounced or whatever. But a lot of people try to claim, um, a lot of religious apologists try to claim uh, opponents um, to their side in in their death. Mm -hmm. It's just using death for sort of political gain mm -hmm. uh, when it's not based in reality. And that I, I think I was thinking a lot about that when watching Nux have his have his moments here uh, of trying to wrestle with what has happened. His whole world's crumbling here. Right. He's he's on the deathbed again. Yeah. And he's just fucking trying to figure out what's happening. It, he just feels bereft mm -hmm. and saddened and worthless. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have this. Sort of beautifully redemptive moment that yeah. happens, and I love that that she that goggles does not <laughs> so goggles hard. is almost as bad as Cheeto. I know Cheeto and goggles. Well, it's uh, like a, it's a really bad cartoon. Yeah, but I I would watch it. Um, a she's not afraid. You know, it's, it's, so far I mean exhibited no. You know, the, the remember when Nux first bursts on the scene, they really don't. They, no nobody's afraid of him. Yeah, poor Nux. Um, yeah. But yeah, but no fear. You know, when she turns around. And under normal circumstances, if she had seen a war, she just stabbed him in the face, yeah. like immediately. Yeah, she goes, what are you doing but, here? Yeah, yeah what are you doing? Like, there's no... Yeah, uh, oh, I didn't know you were and here or something, right? Right, yeah. What did she say? I, I forget. It's something that's definitely not fear. Yeah. And, and she listens to him, and there's no reproach, and there's no combativeness at all. And then she, to, you know, at one point she, she does, she reaches out and touches him mm. in a... In a very, in a much less romantic way, and much more just a connection. Yeah, it's this beautiful. It's probably the for the first person anyone's ever, for the first time anyone's ever touched him with 
affection. Affection. I totally agree. And also, and I, I think would that say, changes him in, even the, in that moment. I would argue also one of the first times that this woman has been able to, in a non-confrontational uh, or non-sexual way, touch a man. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know right. her background, um, but she has had a brutal experience with men certainly, and has been around women. But there's mm -hmm. a boy here who is who is not aggressing against her. He seems scared and alone and kind. Yeah. She shows this basic human kindness to him. Yeah, there's a kindness to her to her touching him. It's really good. It's a really, really nice moment. Um, also, one other thing in that exchange is that <clears throat> we get a little uh, glimpse also into their, where they are in their theology, not to keep harping theology, but she, he says, I thought I was being saved for a great death. And she says, it seems like it's your manifest destiny to not die there. Right. And there's... Two things that are very interesting about that. One, uh, yes, thank you for bringing this up. Go. Okay, so manifest destiny is a buzzword for Americans, mm -hmm. um, which is how we justified our conquering of the West and slaughter mm -hmm. of the American uh, Indians. Right. It's a. It is not a. It's not a. Uh, it's a carefully chosen phrase. It feels to me. Right. And have you know with the film dealing with patriarchy, very specific. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It was the conquering of the world. Um, and it's a phrase that she's invoking because I assume she's heard before. Right. It is, it is uh, God wants us to take over this land. That's what Manifest right. Destiny meant right. to Americans in the 1800s. So in a way, incorrectly used by right. her, which right. I've always found striking. Correct. I'm like, but, do you think she knows that she's using it wrong? But, yes. Go, no, go, go. No. I, I, but I, I do think that it's something she's heard a Morton Joe say as an excuse for why he lives the way he does. Yeah. What I see in that line is a regurgitation of uh, of a concept of, of, of a Morton Joe's, which is, this is manifest destiny. The strong will conquer the weak. Mm -hmm. This is what destiny is. And she invokes it here to say, it's your destiny. Which she means to say, it's your destiny. It's your destiny, right. To not die. But she uh, does this quirky turn of phrase, which I think is her echoing this patriarchal concept. Because you nailed it. It's a patriarchal mm -hmm. idea. Um, it's really, really curious. And in... in we get a sense of the backstory of these characters via small slips in language like that, mm -hmm. that are certainly intentional. Yeah. Um, it really, I mean, as an American hearing that, I'm like, ah, yeah. Because we listen, uh, uh, international listeners, we have, th that's a buzzword here if you go through high school history. Um, mm -hmm. Because it, it was, it was religiosity used to justify incredible deviance and mm -hmm. torture and, and slaughter. Violence and slaughter, Violence. yeah. Yeah. Um, that's that's so much headier a topic than what I was just going to bring up. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, as the Warwick is driving away at the end, we get another sort of beauty shot of those two, uh, one of which I think was supposed to have been knocked off when they're, when they're driving through the pass. Mm -hmm. uh, those two things that I'm like, what are those for? Mm -hmm. um, and I was, because I carry this film into my daily life on a regular basis, Same. I was, uh, I was out somewhere the other day, and I saw, or watching another movie or something, and on the top of a building... They had something that looked exactly like that, and I realized they were lightning rods. Oh shit! So maybe the the mag and so so I immediately went to I was like that reminds me of the things around you know the war rig yeah. in, in the movie. I'm like, why would they have lightning rods? Oh, if those storms, if those magnetic storms are common, and a war rig needed to stay protected and not just be blown up by lightning strikes oh. for what it was carrying, maybe they would need something to ground Grounding rods, lightning strike, you know, wow. lightning strikes, which, which if that's actually what the purpose that you know George Miller or you know any any number of designers for this film came fuck up with, him. then fuck him for being so so going so deep fuck on him. this. That's really good. I hope yeah. I hope uh, I'm going to assume you're right because it, it I, just, I want to believe. A it. lot of people have, have ascribed you know that, or that, that you know have said that that we ascribe much more. Uh, uh, one person said that. Okay, one person. 
said, uh, you know, much, much more uh, than uh, the brilliance to, to George Miller than, than even he himself right. had, had considered. But isn't that what we but, do with works of art? That's yeah. what you do with any work of art. Yeah. I, who, know, who knows if the Mona Lisa smile was an accident or right. we even post? I don't want to compare him to Da Vinci. Let's not go down that road. Okay. Um, I want to say something else too you about... You don't have to. <laughs> something I forgot to say about um, when, uh, when Cheeto was running, mm -hmm. uh, she said uh, um, about Splendid, um, she, she promised... God, fuck, I lost it now. It was something about she promised us that it wouldn't be this way or something. There was some, there was mm -hmm. some reference to Splendid. I had it in my head and I lost it. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. Um, I don't want to go back and watch it again. That's but, okay. That's okay. But it's some but reference idea to is, yeah. because oh, it was something like she told us it'd be okay, and then and then the uh, the is it the Dags basically says, well, she's dead. It didn't work out or whatever. Right. And and the first time I saw that movie, I thought she was talking about the teacher. Um, okay. Because there's Miss all Giddy. this yeah, there's all this talk about. Um, I wish I would have retained that sequence a little better than I have, but um, it's a sense of, uh, I got the sense that there's been some sort of education, some convincing, and some mm -hmm. sort of um, movement and unification mm -hmm. of the wives before this. Uh, and then I realized afterwards they're talking about Splendid. This yeah. not talking about the teacher right. at all. And I thought that was really interesting. The idea that there'd be a mother figure amongst the wives makes right. perfect sense. Right, and she was literally the, the mother at the time. Oh. Uh, most pregnant. Yeah. I mean, several of the, the other wives might also be pregnant at the yeah. time, but the most not, pregnant. not further along. She yeah. was the most. She was the pregnantist. Yeah, the pregnantist splendid. The splendid preg... That was dumb. Um, and I, th I do believe... Uh, that's where this four minutes ends. Right, and then I, and oh, I the love the cross cut. The cross, yeah, great, great. It was when when she's caressing his lips, um, at the end, then it cuts to the dag caressing the the you know the Immortan Joe symbol that's punched into the tin you know roof of the um, of the war rig, which is a nice. It's a beautiful cut. Yeah, yeah. It's it's them showing uh, compassion in a way for something that they so clearly mm -hmm. hate. Yeah, um, it's it's just it's, it's just an interesting full moment. Of iconography I, I, yeah, like I don't that. know exactly how to unpack that, but it's uh, no, I like but it it's because great. I, I don't think you can unpack it. I think yeah. it's 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 a visual echo. It's also mm -hmm. a metaphor, more metaphorical mm -hmm. echo that the war boys are the fuel and the the grit on which his empire is built, mm -hmm. and the and the idea that we've seen that symbol, we've seen Nux mm -hmm. do the V eight to that symbol. We've seen him right. pay homage to that symbol, so mm -hmm. we know it is the god that he worships or a symbol of the religion that he worships and to cut from his sort of sad face right. to uh, being caressed to seeing the symbol being caressed mm -hmm. it just echoes nicely yeah. you know and, and i think that that it's unpack un unpackable mm -hmm. uh, in a way that makes it a beautiful metaphor which a lot of this movie like we talk about it we can sort through it and, and, and try to figure out what it means and how it works um, but a lot of it is does resist interpretation in a way that doesn't feel like we're being lazy. It feels like that is how it is designed mm -hmm. to tap into basic human metaphors. Um, this sort of Joseph Campbellian um, undercurrent of humanity and just to use them appropriately feels really, really clever. You're really, really clever. You're a really nice person. Um, and I'm really happy that we're, we're here doing this podcast right now. Me too. I hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to this podcast uh even even a fraction as much as we enjoy talking about it which is would still be a a great percentage or at least a small percentage <laughs> i am the yuri i am the travis and you are awaited <laughs>